Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 92 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue sharing with you all personal finance topics that I think could really help you in your long-term financial journey. Today, what we're going to be talking about is an extension of what we began yesterday, and as I told you, we're going to spend this entire week on money and marriage. And so if you are uh, someone who is married uh, or is about to be married or is thinking about marriage, uh, this week could be really uh, useful for you uh, to really go over these videos and, and really pay attention to, to some of the, the key points that I'm bringing out this week. But today specifically is about the idea of combining your finances. And this is something that uh, a lot of married couples don't do. And uh, it, it can be a big issue and a big uh, point of contention in your marriage if you allow it to become so. So um, this is something that I think we should really hone in on, talk about why we need to do it, and also talk about some of the uh, more specific details of how you do it, um, you know, when is not the right time to do it, and so on. So um, just, you know, stay tuned. I think we're really going to dig into a lot of good things here. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys can become better at managing money in your marriage through this week and through today's video. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below uh, as we go along. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, make sure that you subscribe on either one of those platforms and leave me a review there. Uh, follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. Uh, I think that'd be a really good follow for all of you guys who like my daily content that I'm putting out on YouTube and in the uh, podcast space. And then lastly, if you need somebody to help you walk through your financial life, you want somebody to help you uh, create a financial plan that would work well for you, uh, then just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, click on the Work With Dylan tab, and pick the financial coaching session type that would work best for you, and we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals uh, just step-by-step step, uh, as we create a plan that works specifically for you. So when you get married, uh, you know a lot of times it is, it is seen as two becoming one. And I think that is a, an accurate view of what marriage is. I think you go from making individual decisions to making collective decisions. You go from uh, just worrying about yourself and keeping yourself uh, sustained and taken care of and your wants and needs. And now you're having to take into account someone else's wants and needs equally to your own. Uh, and so given that that is the case, given that two are becoming one, uh, why in the world would we ever think that our finances should be any different than that. There's not a caveat to two becoming one that is like two becoming one except for my money. No, that is part of what comes along with you. That is part of your life. That is what you are bringing to the table. That's part of what you are bringing to the table. And you can't go through your marriage in a healthy way. And this is what we're really gonna dig into today. You cannot go about your marriage in a healthy way if you are not combining everything. What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. That's just the way it is. We're not playing the game of, you know, you have this, I have this. That just makes it far too convenient if you were to ever separate or get divorced. And it's like you're preparing for that inevitable thing to happen. And that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you you want to combine everything. You want everything to be one, and, and we're gonna talk about why that is so uh, in today's episode. 
But before we jump into why married couples should be doing this, I, I want to talk specifically to those of you all who are not married. And you may say, well, what does this have to do with me? This has a lot to do with you. So if you are not married, right, and you are you know, dating or engaged or you know, anything like that, then you don't need to combine your finances with anyone. And this is not just an emotional exercise to not do this. Uh, this is not just, you know, oh, we're not married yet, so we're not doing it. No, legally, you're not married yet, so you don't need to do this. So, Because the thing is, when you combine your finances with someone else, or you buy a house with someone, or buy a car with someone, uh, or you're doing anything that is a financial action, where if you're in a situation where you're putting two people's names on one asset, or one group of assets, uh, then you're just putting yourself in a place where if you break up with this person or you know you uh, don't want to be around them anymore, you're engaged and the engagement's you know broken up or whatever it may be, then you can be on the hook for the fact that your name is on half of the stuff and maybe your name's on some cars that you finance or some home that you finance. And if you are dating or engaged or something like that, why would you wanna put yourself in a situation where you are acting like you're married. If you're gonna act like you're married, then just get married. Just be married to the person and then you can combine your finances and then it makes sense to do so. But you're putting yourself in a bad legal situation uh, if you are you know, putting assets in your name that are not yours or uh, the other person's putting assets in their name that are not theirs. I mean, it's just, it's all very, very messy. Uh, and it makes you also feel this obligation to stay with someone that may not be someone you really want to marry. And uh, that can be a big issue as well. It can force you into a marriage that uh, is not going to work in the first place. And we don't want that. We want you to uh, be in healthy relationships, not relationships that you feel you have to be in out of obligation. And combining your finances is, is just going to make it feel more like uh, there is an obligation for that next step. And so uh, don't put yourself on the line like that legally and um, in the relationship that you may not stay in long term. Um, so just don't do that. Just not smart. Keep what's yours, yours, and what's theirs, theirs. And then the day that you say I do, go ahead and combine it, but not a day sooner. Now, why do I say that it is so important for married couples to combine their finances, to combine their bank accounts? Well, first of all, it's a trust issue. It's an issue of if I don't know what you're doing over here with money, and you don't know what I'm doing over here with money, then how are we gonna trust each other in other areas of our life? Uh, we talked yesterday about how there's this idea of financial infidelity, uh, even among individuals who do have combined uh, bank accounts and combined finances, there's this idea of financial infidelity, infidelity where you are hiding things from your spouse. But And that is really no different in action than how we go about normal infidelity. It's, it's something that we're doing that our spouse doesn't know about and that is not good for our marriage and it's secrecy and it creates distrust. Well, so does financial infidelity. So does doing things financially that your spouse doesn't know about. There's a lack of trust in that place. And when there is a lack of trust, uh, then there is just going to be a weakness in your marriage. There's going to be um, you know, just frustration and conflict and strife built in uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be there. And let's just think about it. If one spouse is making an income and another spouse is making an income and you know you own a house together and you have cars and you have kids and you have 
all these different aspects of your life. Uh, your money is touching all sorts of things. Both of you, your money is touching all sorts of things that are uh, joint to the two of you. They, both of you have money that is going to your children. Both of you have money that is going to maintaining your household in some way. Uh, you know, both of you have money that is going towards things that are uh, you know enjoyable and recreational for your family. Then why not just put the money in one big pile? Uh, it it just doesn't make sense if your money is going to you know, uniquely touch all these different things in your life and it's going to on both sides, then why not just put the money together? That just shows me that one person is not trusting the other person or uh, there's a lack of trust on both sides. And let us not forget, combining money is just easier. It's easier to have your money together with your spouse. It is easier to work out of one checking account and one savings account. There is less room for error when you have less moving parts and less accounts all over the place, uh, especially if all the accounts are going to do uh, specific things for your family and for your household and even for yourself. Uh, there, there's no reason uh, to be putting your money in two separate pots and saying, this is mine, this is yours, you do what you want here and you know I'll do what I want here past you know, paying the bills that we agreed, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Not to mention, let's think about a married couple and they're trying to get somewhere financially, right? They're trying to, uh, let's say, get to the millionaire mark in their financial life. And let's say they may have some debt and they need to build up some savings. Let's say that there's all these things that they have to do. But let's also say that they're working separately. They're working out of two separate accounts. And maybe they agree that you do this out of yours and I do this out of mine. And uh, then, you know, with the extra money, you know, we can decide what we want to do. Okay, that's, that's, you know, whatever. Maybe that's what they decide to do. But if they're deciding to do that, then what ends up happening undoubtedly over the long term is that one individual uh, or both, they're going to veer from the straight line path that they're following. And the reason is, is because they are given this certain level of autonomy from the other. They're, they're by themselves. They can make certain decisions with the money that is theirs uh, that the other person is not making. And so they will veer from the plan and it will take them longer to meet their long-term financial goals. You will meet your long-term financial goals so much quicker uh, and you'll have so much more joy in that place sooner if you are to have combined finances, because then you're together, you're following one path together, you can check each other along the way. Because just think, if you're separate with your accounts, there is no checking each other. Uh, I mean, how are you going to check somebody if you're saying that's theirs and this is mine? No, they're, they're just going to take care of what's theirs and you'll take care of what's yours. It becomes very, very tricky in that way. But if you're working together, you can be accountable together and you can point in the same direction and you can have um, you know, combined dreams. And I'm not saying your, your dreams for money are going to be the exact same as your spouse's dreams for your money, because that's just not realistic. But you guys can come together and say, well, what do we want to do over the long term? And maybe one person really wants to do this and the other person really wants to do this. Well, you can combine that and say, well, let's shoot for both of those things, not just one of them in particular. Um, and and it, it will make you have a more realistic view of what your finances can do uh, and what you want them to do over the long term. And so there's just there, there's just very, very little evidence of married couples who work separately in their finances getting to a place of financial freedom. All of the evidence, and we talked about a lot of this yesterday where, you know, 
married couples were talking about their money. Uh, they were talking about it like more often, daily or weekly. They were talking about it more frequently. Uh, they you know, had less debt. They were working together. All these types of things are what's causing individuals to be successful with their money. And I'm just guessing if you have two separate bank accounts and you're working separately on your money because your money goes in here and my money goes in here, uh, then you're probably not going to be as efficient with wanting to talk to the other person about what you're doing with your money because you're basically saying simply by having that other account, you're simply saying by having that account that you don't trust the other person 100%, first of all, and that it's none of their business what you do with your money. So why would you sit down and talk about it? And so that will turn into a place of strife in the marriage because we talked about that yesterday. Uh, and not only will it turn into a place of strife, it will also make your financial situation weaker. It's just there. It's just in the data. It is true. This is what occurs when individuals are not working together. So I implore you, if you are married or you're about to be married, uh, you have to combine your finances. You have to work together financially to get to where you want to go. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Now, let's talk practically real quick. How do we go about doing this? What is it going to look like to combine our finances? Well, first and foremost, the, the simplest step of combining your finances with your spouse's finances are just combining the checkings and savings accounts, right? That, that just makes the most sense and is the easiest thing to go about doing. You can just you know go to your bank, call your bank, whatever it may be, uh, and get the money transferred. And that money can be transferred uh, to uh, some you know other third account, right? You guys can open an account that is joint for the two of you, and you can each have your um, you know, particular bank accounts poured into or transferred into that particular account. So you can have a savings and a checking in one place that has both of your names on it. But when I say to combine it, I mean all of it. Don't leave anything behind in those old accounts. Uh, don't leave a little behind for yourself for you to do X, Y, Z with. No, close the account, sweep all of the money into this new account, move all of your your direct deposits to this new account, um, move all of your auto drafts of your bills into this new account. Uh, and obviously you'll need to work that out with your spouse as well. You know what you're going to have auto drafted out of the account, but all your direct deposit needs to go, go into these accounts. All of your auto pays need to come out of these accounts. Any particular bill that is connected to a different bank account, uh, that needs to be changed and it needs to be done in a in a very quick manner because very soon there will be no money in those old accounts if you are doing this the way that I'm saying to do it. But that's a very easy step. It, it takes a little while. Uh, when me and my wife first got married, yes, you, you you know it takes a little while to get everything perfectly you know together and and you know you can uh, begin moving all in one direction. But it's really not that difficult, especially with bills that you pay. Um, you can simply go onto most websites um, for things like, you know, if you're, it's your phone bill, you can just go on and, and change where the, the payment is coming from. Or, uh, you know, if it's the direct deposit with your work, you can simply, you know, in a lot of cases, just fill out a form and have a new bank account for the money to go into. So it's not that difficult to do these particular steps. Now, let's say beyond checkings and savings, uh, we have some other accounts in the household. And this is where it gets a little trickier, but... Uh, we're going to make it as simple as possible. So, um, you know, let's say there's something like a 401k that an individual has. Well, 
the good news is 401ks cannot be combined uh, between two individuals. They are in one individual's name. So uh, any employer-sponsored investment account you have like that is just going to be in that one person's name. You can't change that, uh, but that is perfectly fine. That is kind of the exception to the rule, but that should be, um, you know, part of your money management together. Both individuals should know about what's going on within the accounts, even if their name is not on it. Uh, then, you know, I would also suggest, you know, the, if you have IRAs, right, or if you open IRAs, obviously you can't open those in a joint way either because they are for an individual. Uh, but a good way to go about this is, let's say, you know, one spouse has a bunch of IRAs or a couple of IRAs over here and the other spouse has an IRA over here. Find a, a brokerage house that you're both comfortable with and kind of get it all under one roof. Uh, to where you can uh, easily manage all of the accounts that you have. And typically it's not many, but uh, if you can get those all under one brokerage house, that could be really, really useful. And the same kind of goes for if you have an individual investment account, then you know bring that under that same umbrella of uh, one particular brokerage house and one place where you can both log in and look at what you have and and you know have a, a good place where where all of the the funds are there, all of the investments are there, and you can just take care of what you have in that place. And this kind of brings me to to another thing. If if you guys have just individual brokerage accounts, taxable brokerage accounts, and let's say both of you have one, uh, then or let's say one person has one and the other person does not, then what I would suggest is that becomes a joint investment account for the two of you for the same reason that we go about making the savings and the checking accounts joint. Um, the, the only difference between those and the taxable investment account is that you are investing the money, uh, making a higher rate of return than just the couple of basis points that the bank is going to offer you in a checkings and savings. But in the same way, the gains are going to be taxable on those accounts. And so uh, I would combine that as well because you can. Uh, combine what you can. That's kind of what I'm getting at. If you can combine it, combine it. If you can't, that's okay, but kind of have it all in the same place to where both individuals can look at it. Both individuals can know what's going on. And each individual has an equal say in what goes on in those investment accounts. Um, you know, just because it's your IRA doesn't mean that your spouse doesn't have a say in the investment choices that you make. Just because it's your 401k doesn't mean that your spouse doesn't have a say in what you do with it. No, uh, this is still a joint effort. Even though we have some things that are just in one person's name, this is still a joint effort. And apart from just investment accounts, uh, let's also make sure that anything we purchase from here on out is going to be in both of our names, right? So if you're going to purchase a house, don't just put the house in one person's name, put the house in both of your names. Uh, if you're going to purchase a vehicle, the vehicle should be in both of your names. Anything that you can put in both individuals' names, you should definitely do so. And what is this going to do? Again, what is this going to do? This is going to allow you both to combine what you're doing and to have to stay accountable to one another, to have congruent goals and congruent dreams and to push forward in your financial life together and not one person going and the other person staying still or going backwards or vice versa. No, like I said yesterday, we don't want one spouse you know, dragging the other behind them with a rope. No, that, that's not an effective way to go about any of this. The most effective way to get to a place of financial freedom long term is to combine what you have and to work 
together. If that were not true, I would not spend a whole episode on this idea, but it is vital. It is vital to do this for yourself and for your family over the long term, because if you do not, uh, then the likelihood of you having marital issues around money is going to be astronomically higher. The likelihood of you not trusting your spouse in this place or in some other area of your marriage is going to be astronomically higher. The likelihood of one spouse doing something financially that is extremely irresponsible is going to be astronomically higher. It's just the case. It's just the way that things go. You can't think that you're going to have two bank accounts and you know, you're going to do separate things, but you're going to be married and you're going to, you know, live together and all this type of stuff. And it's not going to, um, you know, impact what I do with my money. I promise you it is going to impact what you do with your money. Uh, and when you can look at your spouse and think of your spouse as a part of you and you trust that person, you, you know, have honest conversations with that person, then that's just going to change everything that you do with them. You will trust that they can work with you uh, if you've talked to them and you know, work that out amongst yourselves. Uh, but that should be done before you ever get married. As I was talking about in yesterday's episode, you have to t- have some hard conversations before you ever get married. You have to understand that you're going to work together before you ever get married. Because I promise you this, if you're about to get married and the person is saying, I don't want to combine our finances. I don't want to, uh, you know, put things together. I want to do what I want to do and you can do what you want to do with your money. I promise you this, there's a reason. There's a reason that that individual says that. And typically that reason is they are irresponsible with money in some way, or they're doing something with money that maybe it's not extremely irresponsible, but it's something that they don't want you knowing that they do. And, the fact that they don't want to tell you is the red flag. The red flag is not the person won't put their money with yours. That is not the red flag. This, see, this is just a symptom of a bigger issue. This is not uh, the issue. The issue is not uh, my spouse doesn't want to put money together or my spouse won't put their money together. That is not the issue. It is simply a symptom of something else that is going on. So you have to dig deeper. You have to get down to what is that thing that's going on? What is that thing that they don't want you to know about or that they don't trust you to know or they don't trust you to do? Because there are many, many cases where a spouse doesn't want to combine finances with the other spouse because they think that the other spouse is irresponsible. And so they're like, I don't want them to ruin what I have going on over here. And so I'm just going to keep them separate. That's not a healthy way to look at things. But on the other hand, there's also individuals who don't want to combine finances because they are doing irresponsible things with their money. They realize that they're doing irresponsible things with their money and they don't want the other spouse to know uh, that they're doing those irresponsible things. And so There are all of these things that are just going on in this particular situation, uh, but you can fix them quickly. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's not. For for a lot of people, it is a painful process. It is a painful process learning to manage money with somebody else. It is not easy to do. Uh, But if you can get this thing right and you can work together in this place and you can push forward in this place, then you can conquer a lot of things in your marriage. I just want to kind of close in in this place, just a little anecdote from my own life, something that I have experienced. Um, I would say that 
my wife and I have done a, a fairly good job of um, you know working together in our finances. And I, I just want to give you a little idea of how this is not easy, but it's worth it. So when we first got married, uh, and my wife has told, since told me this, and it, it makes me feel bad, but it also um, allows me to know, you know what she thought of me and how individuals can think of their spouse. Even though you love this person, um, you know, they may not you know, have your full you know, trust, or you don't know that they have your best interest in mind yet. And so um, my, my wife has since told me that, that she, she said, I was afraid to spend money when we first got married. Like she said, I knew you were good with your finances and I was just afraid to spend money because I didn't want to break our budget and I didn't want you to be upset at the fact that, that I broke our budget. And, you know, that makes me feel bad because it makes me feel like, you know, I was too tough about, um, you know, keeping our, our finances in order. But on the other side of this, uh, she knows that if, I'm going to allow our budget to be broken. It's typically on anything that she wants. I have a soft spot for things that she wants. Um, and for me, it's far more about the fact that we just work together in these places. It's not so much about, you know, uh, we have to uh, do this exact thing exactly like this all the time uh, or else I'm going to be mad. No, that, that's, that's never really been my mindset. My mindset is, you know, this is our money. Let's manage our money well. And if you want something, tell me you want something or, you know, we'll talk about whatever it may be. And it's almost never an issue. It's almost never a problem. I, I do not have problems within that particular place um, as long as we communicate about it. But uh, I think that's just a good anecdote for you guys who, who may be in that place where your spouse, um, you know, is kind of irresponsible with money or you think they are, they spend a lot more than you and you're afraid to join your finances. I promise you it's not going to be easy at first. Uh, you're probably going to have some weird feelings about your spouse for that time, but be honest with them, talk to them, communicate with them, work together. And I promise you on the other side of it, uh, man, it, there's just so much joy and so much uh, freedom that comes on that other side. Because uh, even though that's a place that my wife and I began in, I mean, now it is almost seamless us working on our finances together, deciding to spend money on certain things. Uh, and in some ways she has become uh, a bit like me. And in some ways I've become a bit like her, but I think that's the process. That's the process of growing together and working together. Your, your ideas, your goals, your dreams, they align uh, and things are just a lot better in your marriage because of it. So hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below if you haven't done so already. Um, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, make sure that you uh, subscribe there and leave me a review. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And uh, if you need help in your particular situation, if you want me to help you and your spouse walk through wherever you are in your financial life and create a plan that will work for you all, uh, then just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, click on the Work With Dylan tab, and uh, then you can pick the financial coaching session type that would work best for you, and we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals. So tune in tomorrow as I talk about why your money and your marriage relies on one question, and that question is, why? And we'll talk more about that in tomorrow's episode. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.